And I truly believe that that's where we're heading with this way of working and the collaboration between the teams, that you're not so alone anymore, but we're in this together. Welcome to UA Slice of SaaS, your go-to source for insights on SaaS revenue operations. Today, we're joined by Sasha Skuzko, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at Timelog, and she'll be sharing insights on transitioning to a revenue organization and the power of a collaborative culture. We'll uncover the strategies that have enabled Timelog to streamline their customer journey and how documenting processes can really supercharge your team's efficiency. So prepare to gain practical knowledge that will help you build a more connected and dynamic team within your SaaS company. Let's get started. So Sasha, Timelog had transitioned from what you describe as a traditional SaaS model to a revenue organization. So I'm really curious to hear like what was the aha moment that made you realize that the current way that you were running the business wasn't really working? And how did this insight kind of spark the transition that you've been making since then? And before we start, like, let's just define what, what is a revenue organization for you? So we make sure we are all in line there. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because I think when you read about it and you hear people talk about it, there's so many different ways that you can conform it. Um, in Timelog, we see it as that we have gathered, you can say, a united front machine. Uh, into a revenue organization. So instead of having as a, what we call a classic SaaS model, is that you have the, the customer success, you have the sales, you have marketing, you still have these different teams, but before they were like headed by individuals that were their own track, but now we've gathered it under an umbrella with a chief revenue officer, which is me, that is then responsible for all the different uh, revenue streams and responsibilities on the, say, the umbrella of the organization. And then we still have sub-teams, of course, with their specific areas. So it's still the same. We have marketing, we have customer success, customer growth, sales, now also revenue operations. Um, but the change is that you kind of get a unified way of thinking and sharing processes, looking into, that's my responsibility, looking into, okay, where can we adapt processes or share processes or copy processes? And that was actually also what some of the things that kickstarted this transition we went into. So what was the hardest part of the transition? Yeah, that is a, a good question. Um, I had to kind of make a reorganization saying that, okay, the different teams that we have at that time, uh, we needed uh, to, to split some teams and merge some other teams that we wanted to get the synergy of the different roles that they had. And then I said a new um, head off team. So I have head offs for marketing, sales, customer success and customer growth. And we kind of had to redefine how are we working together now and how do we have a shared responsibility of all the revenue streams. So if you're in sales, you don't only look at the new biz figure. You actually have something to do with all of the different KPIs and the revenue streams that we have. And I think the culture and the mindset of changing the, the way you go to work and not only looking at one thing, but actually saying that's 80%, and then the rest of the 20%, I need to find out how to help the others and how we connect it. 
And uh, we're definitely going to explore that part a lot more in this conversation. But before we do that, let's go back to you. But like, what was the kind of trigger for me for, for, for timeline to kind of start making this transition? Like what was the kind mm. of aha moment there? Mm. Um, I think there, there are several triggers. So one was that we also decided to become what we call a HubSpot house. So uh, we, uh, we saw some benefits and we were using it. Just to say, I was CSO before, Chief Sales Officer, and we had used HubSpot for quite some time and that marketing as well. Customer success has been much in Zendesk and working with that. And now we decided, okay, we want to transform everyone into HubSpot. So we have one single source of truth for all the customers and create a better customer journey. And that was also a kickstart for the RevOps thinking that we wanted to have a RevOps team that looked at data across and could help each team uh, in optimizing processes, uh, making decisions based on data. So that I think was one of the kickstarts. And then there was also an, a natural, some changes in the organization that made it like, okay, now this is the time that we can do this transition that we had been thinking about in the leadership team for perhaps half a year. Um, and then, yeah, it just came a natural point in direction that now this is the time. And I think one of the other triggers was also that we had some processes about pipeline handling, ways of working with, with new business sales that we could actually also copy over to existing customers. So I think we could take 80% of the processes that we had there over into customer success, customer growth, whatever you call it. Um, and then benefit, so leapfrogging on what we already did and not having to restart and rethink everything. Mm. So so with, uh, you mentioned there, like it was kind of the right time to do it. So how did you decide on that? Was it like you kind of, um, you hit some specific growth milestones in terms of number of customers or revenue, like the team was a certain size or like? I think... I don't know if it's the size that does it actually, because I've been thinking about it a lot. So I was also asked the question, so if you were going to start a SaaS company again, would you then start with a revenue organization? And the answer would be yes, uh, because I truly believe on the mindset that it creates. Um, Again, that we were in a process where we were going to make some some organizational changes. We had a CCO and now a CSO, and we wanted to merge those two combined. Um, and in that phase, it just came natural to then think, okay, now we take the transition into a revenue organization. So of course we've been thinking about it and it was a plan, but you know, sometimes you can just, now is the time. Now we have some people leaving, some people coming in. So there's a natural way of now we could do this organizational change because even though we still have the sub teams, it's. It's still an organizational change, one of the bigger ones, because you need to change the culture and the mindset of being a little bit more silo to being one large team, but with different um, responsibilities, but where we also share resources from each other if needed and so on. Yeah, I mean, I would also say there with uh, with making that change, I guess it's very easy to make it very complicated uh, from the beginning. So like you mentioned there, like you should start with it straight away. Um, but there, I would also say we see a lot of companies who start way too complicated, like you don't need all the fancy systems and processes from day one. So 
How did you go about doing that? Did you kind of uh, go very complicated and complex straight away? Or was it kind of a gradual thing that you kind of built out? Or how did you approach it? You can say we did have some of the teams beforehand, of course. So we sat with the organizational chart, very basic, uh, looking at that for the company as such and said, okay, how would it look like if we created the revenue organization? Which teams would we put in together? Actually, at first, we didn't have marketing as part of it, but now we've just merged that into the revenue organization as well because it makes sense in the way we are cooperating across the teams. So we decided to say, okay, we leave that out at first, again, taking it step by step, not making it too complicated. And the first thing was actually to sit down and then write team descriptions. Again, take the ones we had, look at them and say, okay, how does it connect now where we are more united under this umbrella? And then especially with the revenue operations team, how can they support the different teams or the things they don't have to do anymore that we put in this team? And then we looked at the different role descriptions within the teams again. So we wanted to increase, say, AdBiz uh, for existing customers. So how could we change that role description to be a bit more like sales, but again, not sales because it's also customer relations, churn prevention, and all of these things. So that was the first steps we did. And then it was to find out who were going to lead those teams in the organization. That was very basic, sitting in PowerPoints, moving around and finding the overview. Yeah, like starting with some kind of visualization, I think that's really, really helpful in in most situations, like just kind of drawing it out a little bit, seeing what makes sense. And yeah, but still like starting with something and then kind of having it as a kind of a ongoing project that you don't just say, okay, we do it once and we forget about it, but actually having this kind of mindset that this is more like a product than a one-off project that we're doing here um, in terms of their whole change. We also named, changed some names on some of the teams underway. So we actually launched it first. And then I think after a couple of weeks, we're like, no, it doesn't make sense to call it that. Then we changed the names. So we also were very open about this. Is an, it's a process that we we are going to change some things on the go. We don't have all the answers right now, but we know this is, as you say, the vision. This is what we want to get out of it. So, so this is the reason, this is the why, why are we doing it? And then, of course, you need to get all of the things connected uh, during along the way. And how did you kind of, um, you mentioned there that like this kind of yeah iterative process where you don't have all the answers. So where did you go to kind of verify the hypothesis in terms of like, what are we doing? What is working? What is not like, well, like, did you have some kind of specific things you were looking at there? Um, hmm. Of course, I was doing a lot of research uh, on how had other larger organizations created this revenue organization. As, and again, I, I truly believe that you need to find what's suitable for your type of organization and the way you're working and the amount of people and so on. So there's not just one box that fits everybody, but taking the best from these, uh, what we learn, and then brewing it together and say, okay, I think this will fit with our culture, our way of working, our, our current processes, and then kind of have a list of, okay, but these are the processes we need to look into because this is where we really can benefit from the new organizational setup. 
Yeah. So yeah, sadly there isn't uh, like this kind of hack. No. Like the very it would be too thing, easy, wouldn't secret. it? Yeah, then everyone would be doing it. But <laughs> I do believe that it's like the whole, like, yeah, I know you're very focused on the customer first, uh, customer centric approach. And yeah. it makes so much sense, right? It's, it's, and I think a lot of organizations say it, but I still feel like a lot of organizations, they struggle with actually pulling it up properly. You can kind of see that they are saying they're customer centric, but when you're communicating mm. with sales, with Mark, like you can just feel like it's not really there. So how did you make sure that it was not just words, but actually something that everyone mm -hmm. was, was living? I think it's still a, a, a working process of, of getting it all the way. You can say we launched it uh, about six months ago, officially for everybody in, uh, in the teams. Um, but I think it's really a lot about the handovers and how we collaborate with in the head office team. So we have a weekly meeting where you can say marketing, sales, customer success, customer growth, uh, support tickets. All of this is now everybody understands that no matter if you're from marketing, you also know, okay, uh, how is it with the existing customers? Are there some customers we need to take special care of that are some trouble or this customer is really happy? Okay, but then they can perhaps use it as a case. So in that sense, having a broader uh, around of people around the entire customer journey. So if you're new sales, I was there, right? So then you hand it over. Now we, you signed the contract, you hand it over for implementation and customer success for their future journey. Not my problem anymore, basically. But now we're sitting in the same room every week. So everybody understands uh, both the good parts and the challenges everybody's facing around the customer journey. And then we find uh, we are doing OKRs, then we find for each trimester we're running it, where can we improve on this? Where do we have some shared processes or things we want to look into? Mm. Yeah, especially from a sales perspective, right? But also from marketing, I know from, from my time, uh, clearest example, I guess, was HubSpot there, where I know that marketing wasn't really aligned with sales. So at the end of the month, we had a ton of uh, eBooks because that was easier. That was a marketing qualified lead. We can always argue about, was that a good definition of a marketing qualified lead? Probably not. Uh, but because it wasn't a revenue target, it was a kind of MQL target. We got a lot of eBooks, not trials, which was what we actually wanted. And from a sales perspective, again, is like, as you said there as well, is our problem uh, because we actually have a retention metric there. So we can't just close new business. So I think there were some good parts there in terms of just having the right metrics and right numbers in place. Um, do you agree with that? That like, like the kind of the metrics is really, really important as well here to make that alignment, or would you say that it's other things that would have a bigger impact? I think there is one shared goal for the revenue organization, and that is the net MRR growth or ARR growth, right? And then each team have submetrics that supports that. But that is what we are measured on as whether we're successful or not as a SaaS company. So it is all about churn. It's about SQLs, MQLs, everything again in the revenue streams, like in the customer journey. So it all the way from the website until the, the end of the customer life cycle. We're all responsible in somehow of helping each other achieve those sub targets. But of course, each team are responsible for the sub targets. And when everything adds up, we have that one shared goal 
that I'm keeping very much track of. And then you also know markets can change and yeah, you never know what happens tomorrow. And then some sub-targets can improve and others can go down. And that's just the way it is. But at the end, this is the final one we're looking at. I've just done an exercise where now you know, everybody has been doing budgeting in Q4, looking into 24 and, and what's going to happen. And I think also for the first time, I was around in all sub-teams, giving them an introduction to also, even though you were in, mar in marketing, okay, but how do we look at the churn budget? What is, how is it that we have calculated that? It's just not a number that we just, you know, this is a nice number. It's the same with the new biz, understanding that when you sit in customer support, why do we have the metrics? Where, how did we calculate it? Then of course you to go deep in the areas that they own, but it's important for me that they all understand the coherence and the connection between the different targets and what are the metrics that they can also help with to improve over here. Does it make sense? Mm, no, it, it does make sense. And, but I, I, I really think that it is like, it also forces you to make the people think more long-term, right? So not just thinking about what solves my problem tomorrow, but actually making sure like, what's, what is the implication here three months from now and six months from now, and also then making sure that the company metrics and numbers are actually aligned with that. So you're not encouraging short-term behavior while talking about, you know, the long-term stuff and solving for the customer wealth. The stuff you're looking at is just encouraging, you know, closing more business and nothing else. So I think it is, it's it's a really really good approach this to take. And I I would say that I would definitely agree with what you said before that should companies have this approach, uh, I would also definitely say yes. Like if you're operating in silos in 2024, it's crazy new year. Um, like you're you're really missing a mate like that i i would say that's a major issue and you can really feel it like you have a conversation with someone and it's not aligned with the other person you're talking you have an onboarding and you just know that the person that did the onboarding do not have any sales notes so every time you engage it's like a new conversation where you have to repeat yourself and that sucks as a customer and it makes everything go way slower right And it's, it's also, I think that, of course, you can do some of the same things if you don't have a revenue organization. And when I look back, could we have done the same things in the, in the old setup? Of course we could. But because we were so centered around our responsibility in new biz that, of course, I looked a little bit out on the side, but I didn't go all the way around into all the different metrics in the same way. And of course, you can make it happen. I just think that there is something about centralizing it with a shared responsibility. And, and of course, it's also been a transition and the culture wise for understanding why is it that we're so connected? But now I actually hear around the corridors like, okay, now I understand why we're a revenue organization. It has been a new term that, that also when you're in, in support, understanding, okay, but I'm sitting here handling tickets and daily operations. What is it actually I can do? How do I contribute to the others? And then it's for us leaders at going and say, okay, but what you're doing there right now is actually helping over here. So now we are a revenue organization. Now you, you start seeing that if you ask these three questions, it will help marketing or it will help new biz that we didn't do before. 
Um, so you have to have really strong sea uh, level leadership that really unites around it if you don't centralize it, I think. Yeah, but I also think it's the whole story, right? Like if, like, because you're kind of making a statement with this, like you have, okay, it's kind of one number, it's one organization, it's not separate ones. And you can talk to, and you can have a story around that approach. Mm -hmm. I think it's also easier for people to just get it uh, because you're actually kind of living it in a very distinct way. Um, so I definitely think it's, it's a lot easier, but of course, change can be quite challenging. Like the larger organization, the more established, different tools, stuff like that. Yeah. The harder it is to do. You, do you think you could do it with um, with having more like a fragmented, uh, like one CRM using customer success tool somewhere else and a support tool? Like, do you think it would be possible like that also, or do you think like the kind of uh, everything into HubSpot was uh, was a big part mm -hmm. of this? so far working out pretty well. Yeah, I think of course you could do it. It, it shouldn't be around the tech stack that is, that is defining it, but I think it's making it easier for everybody when we did the transition. But I'm also also say that we went to just also launching a revenue organization, you know, organizational change, but also the tech stack. It was two really big things in one. Could I do it differently? Perhaps I would have not had those two together at the same time, but sometimes just 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 the way it is, right? That's the timing. Um, but if I were going to go in and do it again somewhere else, I would definitely look at the tech stack and see, okay, how can we leverage on it with either it has to be really good integrations with the data flow so that you, again, understand the entire customer journey. Before we were a bit locked in different systems and didn't get the entire overview of the, the good things we were doing, or when you were sitting answering phone calls, you couldn't see this. Uh, just for the customer's sake, also, you need to think about it. Yeah, no, but I think it's uh, it's it's an important point there, what you said that, that I mean, it's it's not the tools per se. Like if you have a bad process, you have a bad structure, it's not properly implemented, it do doesn't matter what tool you have, but if you have a good idea and you know what we're trying to do, you'd mapped it out as we talked about before that and you pick a tool that actually works for your way of working like of course it will have a big impact but it's not gonna it's not gonna do anything unless you know what you're doing i would say uh, and i think that's a lot of people have that expectation when they implement a new crm that it's gonna magically do something it's not like if you have a bad process it doesn't matter if you're using hubspot or salesforce or pipedrive or something else like fix your process first and then Pick the tool that fits your kind of way of working, and it's kind of at least my my experience there. Yeah, you 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 want you need to know where you want to go, right? And then have that vision and that path, and then find out okay, how do I then get the bricks to get there? But I would say one of the the really major things was also us creating this revenue operations teams, making them responsible for the shared data structure, the processes, the integrations with other internal tools that we have when we introduce new features. Okay, instead of each team before had to, okay, what's new in HubSpot? Okay, then we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it this way. No, now there's one team that's looking into that and then says, okay, but for these three out of four teams, perhaps it makes sense, not for you. And then centralizing the release and the processes and changing.
Another question there, like it was, I just realized now that I, I wanted to ask it before, because you mentioned there that you didn't integrate marketing straight away. Uh, it was other, where do you saw the, where was the most friction? What was the most difficult part of the organization to kind of integrate into the revenue organization? That's a good question. I don't really know, actually. I think it's, it's different from, from each team, but of course you can say the ones with personal customer contact every day has some of the shared processes uh, where marketing now needs to support all of us, where I can say first, it's, it's very much about new biz and, and how to do that and a little bit about customers. But now when we're also, you know, taking them into the organization, it becomes much more about, okay, how can we benefit from all the material in all teams again, where, and of course you can still have that overview with separate but now when we sit together every week and looking into the details then it makes sense like we launched this okay but how can we use it also over here in this way of communicating with the customers so we actually benefit even more from the cool stuff that they're doing um in a broader sense now where it's it's natural it just comes up it's not has to be forced in uh, now we need to sit together and find out what to do with this book right if it uh, if it makes sense, yeah, no, it does, and and like that kind of um, like how would you say the documentation part of things? Like, has that been an important part? You know, with like this kind of internal knowledge sharing. Like, do you Definitely. do a lot of that, or is it? Yes, I'm a huge fan of playbooks, and again, when you uh, when you Google playbooks, it can be a lot of things. But for us, it's a unified. Uh, place we use just PowerPoint actually. So I have now a revenue organization playbook that centralizes the things that are for everybody in the revenue organization. And then we have a subject matter expert playbooks that says, okay, these are only for uh, sales handling new biz and the SDRs. And this is very much for marketing, but everything that is shared around the processes, our tech stack, uh, knowledge sharing, all of these things, the customer journey, oversight, the visions, the strategy we have here, and then we link to the others. And then that sense, I'm very into uh, documenting the way of working and the processes. So when we decide on something, we write it down, we get it out, and then we can always change it and work with it. But then again, we have one single truth and we are aligned. I think alignment is definitely the keyword for for a revenue organization as well yeah i find like the documentation it's uh it's one of the things that i also think a lot of companies struggle with like either you go too hard and you just make it super elaborate and you spend a lot of time and no one reads it and there's so much text or you just like yeah we don't really do that here and we just do something and then no one knows two years later no one have idea any idea why things are working the way they are because the person who knew it left uh, especially with like um, when you have more automation and complicated systems like if there isn't any kind of playbook or documentation it gets quite difficult i think but but how do you make sure people actually read it because that's the second bit right you spend all that time making those beautiful powerpoint slides and then nobody cares or how do you make sure that doesn't happen <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, yeah, yeah. Um, 
we talk about it all the time. So when we have meetings, we say, this is where you can read in the playbook. Then we link to the page instead of sending out a long email. And it actually started because I was like, okay, we send out emails, like we've just decided this and this and this, this is how you should do it. And then it sent out an email. And then when you get a new colleague, it's like, but you ha don't have those emails. So how do you know? So it's very much again of taking responsibility of the future onboardings of new cool colleagues. How can we decrease the time that they have to spend on learning all the stuff we have learned? So it actually just started very basic that I sat down and started writing and it's not pretty. Really, it's not beautiful, but it's there. And sometimes the good thing I like with PowerPoint is that you cannot write that much. You cannot write 10 pages in a Word document and just copy it in, right? So it has to be very simple. <laughs> you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't go that way. Um, but but to just make it, yeah, easy. Uh, and then and whenever we do those things, instead of sending the description an email, I force people to go in and send a link to that direct page, say, this has been updated, please, we'll take it on the next meeting. And then I know people log in and do it. And then we use it also for onboarding purposes, of course. Um, but now they know they have a place where they can look up. I remember there was something about this. Okay, now you know where it is. Yeah, I think actually every six months, uh, the head ofs in the different teams, they go through it just once more. Okay, it's just something we've forgotten to update. It's just something where we don't do that anymore because sometimes it's also removing stuff saying, okay, we cannot just add, add, add. We also, now we change that. We don't do that anymore. Okay, let's delete it. If there's also other organizational changes that affects us, then we, it might affect everything. Um, but otherwise it's, it's more like on a daily basis when we do decisions or we change on the things, we know it's in there and then we update it. Uh, but I would definitely say like that kind of reviewing, but also what you mentioned there with also removing things. Like I kind of like the idea to, to kind of try to almost limit it. So we are going to try that for ourselves. Like we are not allowed to have more than a set number of like Wiki articles and documentation. If we add more, we need to remove more. So I haven't really seen how it's going to work. But for me, it's more like you need to have some documentation, but I think you just all of a sudden you just go too hard on it. You have too many details and people don't read it and don't remember it. So that kind of balance, I think, is probably a kind of a never-ending battle. Same with structures and systems and everything else. Uh, but I find it really hard to... Um, also, looking at a lot of the documentation that we see from companies, I guess, proves that it is difficult because most don't do it very well, I would say. Yeah, and again, it's it's. I think it's different from organization to organization and how you work. This is how my structure works and how my brain works right and others would probably do it in tons of different ways but i think when you find a way you need to stick to that one so also the other teams that haven't had this way of working with playbooks we introduce that i say this is this is how we're doing it in the revenue organization it can probably be done in tools and many different ways but we need to stick to one way of doing it so at least there we are aligned and then start helping each other. And that's also when we have our meetings in the head ops team saying, okay, now we've decided this, or this is a detail that's very important that our colleagues need to remember. We'll update the playbook right away and send it out. Instead of all the tons of emails, you know, I always had a folder with important emails to remember if at some point you had to do this, that's removed now because now you know where to find it at least. 
Yeah. But I think it really proves the point that it's in the, in the end, of course, the tool matter. But for a lot of stuff like PowerPoint, you know, you can get by with it as long as you have a kind of a, like a thought and a process behind it and you have a way to kind of manage it. And I think it goes for, yeah, as I said, almost everything. Um, as long as you have kind of some specific outcome you're looking for with it, you have a clear goal with it, you know why you're doing it, you know, the tool is the sprinkles on top, which is going to make it a lot better, maybe, uh, if it's the right tool. Um, like looking at the metrics from from your side, like where, where do you see, like so far, I know it's only been six months, but where did you see the biggest impact so far after making this change for, for, for Timelog? I think it's uh, for the way we're working with the existing customer base by using some of the same processes that we've been doing in, in the, the new biz part, helping kind of rebuild the way of working uh, with like just very simple with deals and customers and forecasting on, okay, what do we expect to see of buying add-ons and, and all of these things uh, to also be better at predicting the forecasting for 24 and 25. I think there we've really taken a huge step up in the maturity and at a lot less cost than what we did in Ubis, where also three years ago, we got an investor in where we grew quite a lot with a number of employees and, you know, everything was a bit chaotic because now we needed to grow because now we got this funding and we had to kind of restart. And I spent a couple of years of working with that, but now we have been able to take a lot of these processes and the way of working and implementing it right away. So we didn't have to do all of that once more on that area. And I think that's also one of the good parts of how we're doing it right now is the collaboration between the teams um, in that sense. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely say that that's also something we're seeing a lot that the kind of upsell and customer retention and customer success as a whole is really something that that would also be one of the big kind of realizations companies see when they're making this change that, oh, there is actually a lot of potential here. And as you said, there is a lot of kind of, I'm looking for the English replicability. That's that's a weird word. I don't think that's the right one, but I think it's kind of, you can kind of uh, guess what it means at least. Um, so no, so that's really, that's, I, th I think that's super, super great that that's actually something that is, you know, becoming a bigger part of, of more and more companies because it's so important and it's, it's, it's usually not a lot of things required to create a really good customer experience, but I think so many companies still struggle with, with doing it. Yeah, and um, I think I have a long list of things we can still improve, right? But now we take it step by step. And I think this is the, the first step of having more people in your organization thinking about the entire journey and not just a part of the journey. And that's what I'm really working on with the team and on, on monthly meetings where now all teams get a brush up of what has happened in the other teams or what's important right now or where did we have challenges and then there's always one that's like okay but i think i can help you over here even though i don't i'm not belonging to that team but i have some ideas on what we could do because we're more vocal about it and in a bigger forum instead of going into it in our own team trying to think we need to solve everything like asking for help so if you have any ideas please come to me and then uh, we can think about it and sometimes borrowing resources. 
So we're launching a new website and then here around Christmas, it's not so busy in new sales because everybody is closing down and so on. So we could move around some of the resources to actually help on creating the website and having fun around that and learning how we're working in the different teams as well. So creating a little bit of a hybrid organization, I'm calling it internally right now, uh, where we can move around uh, depending on where we are scarce and resources in some periods. But I would imagine that when you actually get more and more of those, hey, I actually have an idea for you guys over here, like that got to be one of the kind of biggest kind of, yes, I yeah. think we're on a path here when you actually get people yes. not passively doing things because they have to, but proactively going in and actually helping each other because it's 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 not natural in, in a lot of organizations that that actually happens. So I think that that's probably one of the biggest milestones to kind of tick off that you know you're on the right path with uh with this kind of it organization. Is. It's where you can see my eye getting a little bit wet. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Not crying. I just uh, got some. Uh, I got something in my eye. But it is where I'm saying, like, my vision for this is to say one plus one equals three. And I truly believe that that's where we're heading with this way of working and the collaboration between the teams that you're not so alone anymore, but we're in this together. Yeah. And I think that's a good, uh, good ending there for, um, for the, the bulk of the, the podcast here. So thank you so much for, for your time today, uh, Sasha. And I'm just going to end with a final question, you know, as I want to know what typically ask here. So what's one learning or insight that has significantly changed your perspective on life and or business, you know, or both? Hmm. I think it comes back to one of the things I've just mentioned is that it's okay to ask for help. I can still have trouble in it because I'm I'm a fixer. I would like to fix things myself. So sometimes just by asking out loud, saying, I'm challenged here, can anyone help me? You'll sometimes be surprised how many people that actually raises their hand and, and how much more you get out of it. And by showing that, others will also ask for help. And then, yeah, we can do so much more together than being a, a lone hero. But it's it taken some years to get to that, that it's okay. Um, but I've seen some really great things coming out of it by reaching out. Yeah, I love it. No, the kind of, yeah, the collaboration there and daring to ask for help and just, yeah, I think there's some really, really powerful things in that. It's small, but I would also say, yeah, it's definitely something that would have an amazing impact if you kind of build a culture that actually encourages that and also in private life, you know, like daring yeah. to ask for help. Uh, yes. It doesn't have to be perfect all the time. You don't have to always know all the answers. Like I certainly don't. It's like, uh, if you're right, like 60% of the time, you're probably doing pretty well uh, exactly. in, in general. But Sasha, yeah. it was an absolute pleasure having you on today. So thank and you very thank much. thank you for having me. It's yeah, no, really absolute nice. pleasure. Uh, so we're also going to add a little bit more details and links to uh, both Sasha's uh, LinkedIn and also on TimeLog, like the website there, so you can go and check them out. But yeah, let's uh, let's leave it at that. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of A Slice of SaaS and a special thanks to Sasha Skuzko for diving into the transformative journey of TimeLog and the impact of a unified revenue organization. I hope that you find today's discussion insightful and inspired you to review your own team structure and gave you some ideas for cultivating a culture of openness and teamwork. 
If today's discussion sparked new ideas for you, please don't hesitate to share your thoughts with a review. And please join us in two weeks for another episode of A Slice of SaaS.